Hi and welcome to the Corporate Life Podcast. My name is Hina Siddiqui and I loved and hated my corporate jobs for years. This podcast is going to empower you to go high on your career without losing yourself. I invite you to join me each week as you will hear real cool stories of the real cool corporate people doing real things in the corporate world and their experiences and advice can change your story too. Do you know introverts make up about half the world's population? This means that half the people in the corporate world are introverts. In this episode, we are going to dig this topic a little deeper with our expert guest, Dr. Stephen Friedman. Hi, this is Hina Siddiqui and you are listening to the Corporate Life Podcast. I have been an introvert my whole life and I can tell you with my own experience that our society has a lot of misconceptions about introversion. Being an introvert is a personality defect. That's a common belief. As we grow up with people around us having this belief, we buy into this idea and lose our natural confidence. If you're an introvert and can relate to what I just said, there's good news. Introversion is not a problem at all. It's a strength and you can reclaim your power that can change your life. So stay tuned until the very end. Dr. Stephen Friedman, an award-winning author of two books, The Corporate Introvert, How to Lead and Thrive with Confidence and In Search of Courage, an introvert story, is my guest today. He's going to share with us some powerful insights about how being an introvert is a blessing. Hello, Dr. Stephen. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Doing great. How about you? Uh, Doing real well. Thank you. Great. So good to have you. Dr. Stephen, I'm so eager to hear your story as an introvert that led you to write two books on this topic. Well, you know, like every introvert, I've been an introvert all my life. It's um, just in my DNA. And um, however, it took me a long time to recognize that and then a long time to embrace it. And the most poignant moment, I think, was a few years ago when I retired from corporate America. So I worked in the energy industry for 30 years in the same company, variety of different jobs. And so at the end of my tenure, I had a retirement party um, with dozens of people from across my uh, work life. And so we had a good time recalling old uh, memories and things like that. And toward the end, mm-hmm. um, I shared with them that my plan upon retirement was I wanted to go back and go home and write. Um, I used to write when I was a kid. I enjoyed it. And it's been a long time since I've done that. So I wanted to dip my toe in and see if I still enjoyed that. So then the question came, well, what are you going to write about? And I said, well, you know, I've really been thinking about this and I've started to write um, about introversion, a common thread throughout my life. Suddenly the room of dozens went completely quiet. And um, people started looking at each other, and and suddenly I, I got comments back. Oh, you're not an introvert. There's no way you're an introvert. I've worked with you for years. I've traveled with you. I've I've had uh, drinks with you and meals with you. And uh, there's no way you're an introvert. And so at the time, my first um, reaction was, I really pulled it off. What a coup! I spent 30 years. I I knew I was wearing a mask because the culture at work was very extroverted. And I felt like that was what was needed for success. And so I felt like I really pulled it off because even Mm -hmm. these people who were my closest co-workers believed that I was an extrovert. Um, But however, after that, I realized that, you know, what a shame, what a missed opportunity for me. Um, I had many health issues while I was working, uh, anxiety and things like that, that turned into rashes and sciatica and shingles and a number of different things. And mm-hmm. that was really because of the mask I felt like I needed to wear. Mm-hmm. And um, so that 
um, really sunk deep into me. And then the next day I woke up and I, and the third reaction really came to me of yet another missed opportunity. Most of my uh, experience at Shell was as a leader. So I really had the opportunity to work with a variety of people, especially younger staff and help to mentor them and mold them. But I did it as uh, somebody who was wearing a mask and mm-hmm. I missed the opportunity to really mentor that hidden half that you mentioned at the, at the top of the show and help them to realize that you can be successful as an introvert in corporate America and, and to provide them with some tips on how they can be successful. I miss that opportunity. And I really think that's one of the things that's driving me um, through my writing is to try and take advantage of the pulpit I have now as an author to share some of the tips that I wish I had shared with others when I was working. I think that people have attached some labels to the introverts. And that's why, because I think that I started as an introvert, right? I have been an introvert all my life. But then I learned some qualities of extroverts, like being friendly to the strangers and like being outspoken. But that does not make me extrovert because I still enjoy my own space, my own private space where I am away from noise and people. Yeah, that's a great um, example and lead into the topic of kind of a definition of introversion and to set things straight. And it's really hard because if anybody, I mean, anybody that's listening to the show can go online and look at an online thesaurus or dictionary under introvert or introversion, and you'll find some really horrible synonym, wallflower, icicle, antisocial, loner, narcissist. You know, these are far from the truth. And the one I like the best is the opposite of an extrovert. So the reality, introverts are who we are. We should be proud of of who we are. There are a lot of strengths that you won't find in a dictionary. But if we recognize those strengths, then we can do um, anything. We can socialize, network. um, We can work under pressure. We just need to do it our way and not try and pretend to do it the way other people do it. And it sounds like you've kind of tapped into that and mastered utilizing your strengths to, um, to be the person that you want to be. Yeah, that, that was my next question, by the way. People seem to welcome extroverts, while introverts get to go through a lot of negative judgment. Introverts and extroverts, they both have a place in society, but we live in a culture of comparison where one has to be better than the other. So what, what would you like to say more about this? You're exactly right. It's really unfortunate. But when you look around the people you see on TV, the people you see um, in movies and, uh, and even in real corporate settings that are that seem to be seem to be the leaders are the ones that are more gregarious. They're more boastful. They're they're uh, the ones pounding their fist on the table and trying to push through their agenda. And uh, while extroverts certainly have a lot to bring to a corporate setting or a social setting, the introverts get a, a really short changed on this, but there's a lot of um, value that introverts bring to the table. And really the best companies and teams are those that meld the strengths of both of them to be the best um, organization that yeah. they can be. Uh, I think the definition of introversion also gets misplaced, but the best definition that I have mm-hmm. is that introverts just get energy from within. So if you think about, okay, we work a long work week and at the end of the work week, oftentimes extroverts want to go out. Let's go out on, for a dinner on Friday night. Let's go to a bar or something and let's go celebrate the weekend. Yeah. And um, they'll do that on Friday night. And they may also do that on Saturday. It's just their way of re-energizing. They re-energize by connecting with other people. Yeah. Um, introverts, on the other hand, generally um, energize by alone time or at least time with close people where they don't feel like they have to be on stage and ad-libbing or making things up. And so, you know, we need to find that time 
to uh, it could be reading. It could be dinner with the family. Uh, it could be um, uh, writing or art or something else. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a long time, but just we need that time to re-energize. And uh, the challenge, I think, is not just in finding that time on Friday night and over the weekend, but to find and create that time during the work week and during the work day, because most of the time, I know I did this for years and years as I went into work at seven or eight o'clock in the morning and I worked hard and, you know, many introverts are very ambitious and, and goal driven. And so we're overcoming a lot to achieve those goals. And, uh, but we, we cram a lot into a day, but by the middle of the morning and certainly by the afternoon, we're, we become exhausted because these meetings and these challenge sessions and brainstorming sessions often become very draining. And so we're not really comfortable and we're not providing our, our best selves during the day because the energy is just drained out of us. So we have to find ways during the day to re-energize with five minutes here or there in between meetings and, and take a walk around the floor around campus a little bit. And it just helps to boost our energy back up so we can continue to be productive during the day and not be a bag of bones at the end of the day collapsing on the couch. Yeah, I agree with that. How can introverts discover their true strengths? Because I think that most of the people are in the impression because they are just unaware, right? They don't understand that they uh, they are intro- introverts. They think that they have some problem and uh, they just try to keep fitting in. So how how uh, can they just discover their true strengths and you know deal with this unawareness? So I'm glad you brought up unawareness because um, one of the things I share with my uh, my community online is the uh, five phases of introversion, and it starts with being unaware. For long years, I believed that being money-minded was a bad thing, so I kept on avoiding money. In every job interview, I hesitated to negotiate salary and turned down every opportunity to make money. Even my coaching business functioned as a free service for a long time because The reason I got into coaching was to serve people. Then I started realizing the side effects of my wrong money mindset. Thanks to my coaches and mentors who set me up for money inflow while serving the world. Whatever career you are into, if your money mindset is distorted, you are going to struggle in your career. And the amazing fact is that you would not even realize that you are sabotaging your full potential because all this happens at the sub and unconscious level. Your money stories are deep rooted, particularly if you have seen a money deprived childhood. The solution is to identify your patterns and let them go as fast as you can, because it's costing you your career. That's why the money mindset is a big part of all my coaching programs. Send me a quick mail to connect at authorhina.com to know more about my programs. It starts with people um, usually as kids or teenagers, and we feel different. You know, we, we look at other people. I looked at my three older siblings, and I certainly felt like I was very different. I wasn't sociable like they were. Yeah. I wasn't comfortable in those kind of situations. And so I knew I was different, but I wasn't sure what that was. Eventually, I found the term introversion. So this moved me into the next phase of uninformed. So mm-hmm. I hear this term. I take a Myers-Briggs test, and it says I'm an introvert. You know, things that the descriptors in the test sound familiar. So I link onto this, um, latch onto this term of introversion. However, most often those sessions don't really spend time to help you understand the true 
definitions and understandings and advantages of introversion. So instead, we we latch on to these negative terms that we talked about earlier. So it's actually can be very depressing and very difficult to get out of those kind of situations. The key is as we move from the second phase to the third phase of enlightenment is to connect with somebody or something that can help you to understand the true definition of introversion. So that could be a book. It could be uh, Susan Cain wrote Quiet, which is kind of a Bible for introverts in the 21st century. It could be a podcast. It could be um, a therapist. It could be a friend that's an introvert that really has a good understanding and grasp of what it truly is. And suddenly we see that introversion is not a curse as it seemed to be from, from our lives up to that point, but it, it actually is quite a blessing and an opportunity to really get comfort with ourselves. So that enlightenment phase, um, some, for some people, it happens when they're in their teens for other people I had a subscriber in her eighties that said, I just kind of realized through some of the writings that I put online that, that, um, that this is actually an opportunity and the strengths that I was hiding are things that I can really use. And so unfortunately for her, it took her almost all her life to realize that once you get to that phase then the fourth phase is contentment, just really feeling comfortable with ourselves, practicing those skills and strengths in, in work or social settings and really feeling confident. And then the final phase is flourishing. Mm -hmm. And uh, some introverts never get to that phase, but really it's kind of looking back on the dreams and ambitions that we had earlier in life that perhaps we shelved because we thought there's just no way I could be a leader of teams or a speaker on a stage because I'm just nervous about those sort of things. And I don't think I'm worthy Mm -hmm. as a shy sort of introvert. And But the reality is that um, introversion and shyness are two different things, that we have a lot of strengths. So if we approach the goals and passions that we have, we can do them very, very well. When we do that, then we begin to flourish. We really, you know, all of our strengths are, sh- are shown to ourselves, but also we can share them with other people. So I think understanding where we are on that um, journey of the five phases and how we can step into the next phases are mm-hmm. really important. And we shouldn't wait until we're 80, but, but grab onto that and accelerate the journey as soon as we can. Right. And some of the best leaders in the world are introverts like Bill Gates. Very true. You know, a lot of people are um, a lot of business uh, leaders, but also entertainers and sports um, athletes. A lot of people are introverts. And that doesn't mean that we can't socialize or be in front of people. It just means we need to do it our way. And maybe we need to do it a little bit shorter. We need to boost our energy before an event and, and recover after the event. But, you know, that's why a lot of people would say, oh, Elon Musk, he's not an introvert or (laughs) Bill Gates, he's not an introvert. See all the things that he's done. But but these people have managed to figure out what their strengths are, how they can do it and how they can make sure and keep their energy up. And but they have the strengths that that most introverts have that help them to be a valued asset in in whatever groups they're at. Yes, very true. Dr. Stephen, what's your best five pieces of advice to introvert corporate professionals? Sure. So I think that um, one of them we've already talked about creating micro breaks Mm -hmm. during the day. So don't try and go 100 miles an hour from eight to five, because it's exhausting. It's exhausting for anybody, frankly, but create those breaks in your calendar. You know, we're off, we often feel like we don't have control of our calendar because everybody can book meetings into our calendar, but create those breaks by blocking out time between meetings. doesn't have to be a long time, but you might use that time to journal a little bit, listen to some music, take a walk. Eventually figured out that sometimes I need to have lunch on my own. And, um, 
other people may think that's a little bit strange, but sometimes I would go off campus and I would just have lunch on my own and I got rejuvenated and I felt comfortable and I was prepared for the afternoon. So mm-hmm. create those micro breaks, really important. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one is preparation. So this is, um, so we have an, a quiz on our website, website's uh, beyondintroversion.com. And there's a quiz and 1800 people have taken this quiz to discover and explore this, your strengths. And okay. so there's a variety of strengths. You answer some basic questions. It's all free. You get a, a customized feedback based on your results. And the the strength that's most prevalent among, amongst the people that have taken the quiz is preparation. And, um, and there's a reason for it because we need that preparation time. Yeah. If I were to go into a meeting without preparing at all, I would feel very uncomfortable. I'd be anxious and I'd probably not be prepared to really chime in and contribute to it, especially when competing for airtime with other people that like to shoot from the hip. But yeah. if I prepare, I get an agenda, I get the pre-read if it's a more of a complex meeting topic, I read through it, I, I circle things, I note questions I'd like to ask, then I'm getting more comfortable when I walk into that room and I'm able to contribute the things that I need. And, and, and I would say it's the same thing for social uh, settings. If I know we're going out to a social event, who's going to be there? What are the topics of conversation? What things have been going on in my life recently or vacations I'm getting ready to take or something else that I'd like to share so that I come equipped to um, to contribute to a conversation to the extent that I want to. So preparation is really important. Uh, third item is um, I, I really believe listening is learning. So introverts tend to be great listeners and very observant. So oftentimes people will be in a, a corporate meeting room. They're looking around and they see all these, what they consider to be wallflowers in the back of the room that aren't really talking a lot, if any, during the meeting. And they feel like these people are unengaged. They're not really contributing at all. I'm not even sure why they're here in the meeting, mm-hmm. but oftentimes it's the introvert that is observing. They're observing all the people that are talking the tidbits and the keynotes that are are coming out of the discussion and how they might um, intertwine together to create a really unique problem uh, uh, solving solution or create a unique idea. And so I would encourage you to, instead of feeling perhaps guilty or too self-aware that you're sitting in the back of the room, not saying anything, that use that opportunity and your strengths to observe what's going on and come up with those unique perspectives And then you need to share those. And so the fourth um, topic is, or recommendation is, is that we are social. So this is the biggest misunderstanding of introverts, that introverts just aren't social. We, we can't socialize and we don't want to socialize. Those are two different things. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I don't want to socialize, but a lot of the time I do. I enjoy that. You know, COVID was not any easier on most introverts than it was on extroverts in that regard. But many people believe that introverts are not able to socialize. And, that, and that's rubbish. You know, introverts yeah, understand how to talk. They um, they communicate a lot, but they don't usually like to do it in big crowds of strangers for long periods of time. Going to a cocktail is not my idea of fun. However, going to a small group meeting or a small uh, dinner of four people is a lot easier. Going to something that's shorter is a lot easier. And so I... I would encourage people to just practice that with friends and maybe with friends and a stranger. And so you just practice those skills of engaging with others, but we know how to do that. And if we're in meetings and we're observing, we have, we need to get to the point where we're comfortable to raise our hand and, or jump in there and provide that comment that nobody else in the room has. And that's truly the value that we have is to balance the room off from all these people that are shooting from the hip to something that's really a bit formulated and benefits from the observation. 
Right. And the last uh, um, uh, recommendation I would have is oftentimes introverts are very creative. So that could be creative like an artist or a writer or something like that, but it's also creative in how our minds think. And many times, especially in corporate settings, people are hesitant to bring creativity in, right? It's a very conservative environment or so it seems. And so we follow the process, we follow the rules, we follow what other people are doing to be safe. But we have creative ideas and that's what companies need. They don't need the same old, same old. They need unique ideas. And we are a big group of people that have the opportunity to share those creative ideas. Sometimes others may not understand them. And so we have to support them. And other times they will latch onto that and say, you know, I don't know why we didn't think of it. Well, perhaps because you didn't stop and listen. But now that I have the opportunity to share it, let's talk further about how we together as a team can use our combined strengths to make this creative idea happen. If we lean on those strengths that we already have, take the quiz if you're interested in taking the quiz and see which are your strongest strengths and how you can bolster those that we really get, we we deserve that that seat in the boardroom and in the meeting room and in the social hall because we have a lot to give. We yeah. just need to be ourselves. Exactly. Introverts have that power of, uh, you know, being energized from within. And true creativity happens when we are not operating from mind rather than we are operating from the inside, from the real mm-hmm. soul. So this is why introverts have this, you know, this very strong capability that you can use at workplace. Very much. Um, and it's it's really up to us yeah. as introverts to um, have the courage to participate our way. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that we're leaping out and doing things that are completely out of our comfort zone, but to stretch our comfort zone by, by participating a bit more, doing things a little bit different where we're, we still are comfortable, but it's something new. And then we can be more of an active voice in the discussions that are going on. Relationship is also really critical for extroverts to participate in as well. Mm. And many extroverts, you know, as leaders in their organization, some of them, you know, they should want full participation, right? They, they should want everybody to have um, a say in what's going on and to tap oh. everybody's ideas. And they have to figure out how to how do I um, create the right atmosphere for everybody to participate, introverts, extroverts, and everybody in between. And so things like making sure they issue an agenda and a pre-read and and when they have a topic where they're looking for ideas, more than likely the extroverts are the ones that are going to jump in and throw their ideas out. But take the opportunity before you move on to the next topic to go around the table and ask, does anybody else have any other ideas? It's not a matter of jumping on introverts and saying, hey, I haven't heard from you, so why don't you speak up? But just to create that opportunity. Oftentimes, Mm -hmm. introverts just need to be invited to the conversation, and then we have a lot to share. So introverts and extroverts can really change that environment. Yes, I truly resonate with that and agree with what all you just said. And I also think that like introverts need to be comfortable in their own skin first, and then everything would just fall in place. Yes, very, very true. I mean, we we need to get to the point where we advocate for ourselves. Introversion is not a dirty word. It's not something that, you know, God forbid, we should never say at work. I felt that way for most of my career, Um, but it's something that we can share. Half the people at work, including half of our leaders, are probably introverts. And so we should be open with that Uh, in this day and time of diversity and inclusion. This is just another aspect of trying to get um, a broader set of people to participate. And so we have to create that environment and be very open to talking about it and mentoring each other on how we can use our strengths to participate um, in every way that we can. 
Correct. Dr. Stephen, would you like to tell us a bit about your book and where can we get this? Sure. So last uh, year, last fall, I uh, published The Corporate Introvert, How to Lead and Thrive with Confidence. And it's really a compilation of of learnings that I had, 30 years of corporate experience and the revelations I, I drew upon from my, mem- my previous book, my memoir on introversion to really have the opportunity for me, uh, as I mentioned in the story at the very top, to go, go back in time a little bit and share tips for how introverts can build their own confidence, learn about their strengths, apply them and become valued parts of the organization and more comfortable in their own skin. So you can find my book on Amazon. Um, you can also find my book at my website. So the best way to get, get to me or contact me or find other material that I'm putting out there is on my website, beyondintroversion.com. So as I mentioned, I have um, the quiz out there. You can find that on my website and take that for free. I also have another uh, smaller booklet out there that's available for anybody for free. It's called The Questions Introverts Ponder and the answers extroverts need to hear. And I think it's really an important book for introverts that are going through their their five phases journey that we talked about earlier, but also for extroverts to understand the true nature of introverts and how they can participate in in the uh, progress that needs to be made. Fabulous. And I'm going to include this information uh, on the show notes page so that they can find you there and they can take the quiz and order the book as well. Perfect. I wish we had more time. I'm loving this conversation with you, but then we need to stop here for the time constraint. And it was lovely having you. You shared some really amazing insights. That's my favorite topic, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Happy to come back. Great. Thank you so much. So if you're an introvert, just know that it's okay to be yourself. It's actually a blessing. Now, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think about this episode. That's it for this week. I'll see you next week. Love you guys and girls. Stay happy and safe. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website, authorhina.com for career changing tools and resources. Don't forget to check out my latest book, Secrets of the Six-Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.